Hello again, everybody. This is Dan Clouser, president of the Big Vision Foundation, and welcome back to our Stepping Up to the Plate podcast series. Over the next four weeks, I'm going to be joined by our producer, Tony Reese, who's actually going to host. I'm going to turn the microphone over to her, and she'll be asking the questions. But um, the, the next four weeks will really focus on the fact that 2019 is the 30th anniversary year of Berkshire Baseball and Softball Club and the Big Vision Foundation. And we think that's definitely something um, that should be celebrated and a story that should be shared with our listeners. So, Tony, I will uh, let you take it away from here and ask away. All right. (laughs) Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me be part of this big celebration for Big Vision, right? Awesome. 30 years. Gosh, you don't look a day over 21. (laughs) You know, that's awesome. (laughs) All right. So, Take me back to the beginning, 30 years ago. This was just an idea, this was an inspiration. What happened 30 years ago? So, you know, it's kind of funny you say I don't look a day over 21 because when I started the organization, I was only 20 years old. Oh, wow. Um, You know, so I turned 50 this year. Congratulations. And, uh, you, you know, you kind of think that, you know, literally 60% of my life has been spent you know, running this organization, which is pretty hard to fathom sometimes. Um, And, you know, I wish I could tell you now that when I was 20, that there was a big vision as to what this organization would become. Um, But there really wasn't. I mean, it really, uh, it was one summer of playing um, beer league, slow pitch softball, Mm -hmm. which uh, I was quite miserable doing so. Um, you know, I was a baseball guy my entire life and, uh, you know, at that point at, you know, 20 years old, I wasn't, you know, ready to give that up. Um, so, you know, the conversation actually had started, um, with my boss at the time Uh, I'd worked at Meridian Asset Management up at, uh, the corner of 6th and Washington here in the city. And, uh, you know, first of all, it just started as me kind of venting about that, uh, there really wasn't anywhere to play adult baseball at that particular moment in time, um, other than what was uh, then called the Lebanon Valley League, um, which was a league that did quite a bit more traveling than what at that time I was interested in, um, even though we quickly evolved to probably travel more than any of those teams (laughs) ever did real fast. Um, But, you know, I was talking to him and, and, uh, you know, he was basically like, well, you know, what are you going to do about it? You know, and uh, I kind of came up with this crazy idea of starting a, an adult baseball league and um, what then also turned into an adult baseball club because we needed. So whether you say our the league that we created came first or our team and we needed a league, so we had to create a league. <laughs> Not really in the sure. Egg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Um, on October 17th of, uh, of 1989, we um, got together at the Sinking Spring Fire Company. Um, there was an article in the paper leading up to that um, talking about that we were going to form this league. And um, that's what we did. We got together, and I want to say 50 or 60 people showed up at this meeting. Um, and uh, it was kind of off and running. Um, ironically, it happened to be the same night that the and I know you're a huge baseball fan, so oh, you probably remember this as clearly as I do. But um, you know, the other thing that happened on October seventeenth, nineteen eighty nine, was the earthquake 
in California that actually stopped the World Series. Um, first time ever a, a World Series postponed due to a natural disaster like that. Um, so myself and Ross always kind of joked, you know, that our our idea was so, you know, earth shattering and oh earth shaking that uh, <laughs> that's what caused that earthquake and in, in uh, the Bay Area that year. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny as you as you look back now um, and think of it. You know, again, I was 20 years old, um, and I just really wanted to you know, get some of my old buddies from high school together and continue to play the game that we all, you know, really loved. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I certainly, I thought at that time, if you would have told me that, you know, 30 years from then, um, we'd be doing what we're doing today, I'd, I would have never, you know, believed it or, or How many like of that. the original bunch 30 years ago are still part of the organization? So uh, Kevin Kantner, um, still actually coaches our 28 and over team and he is well over 28 now. So, <laughs> um, but really for the most part, he and I are, you know, probably the only two originals from that first team, but we, we certainly, um, bump into others quite a bit mm-hmm. and, you know, the talk always is, you know, who would have thought that when we first started that that it would have, uh, you know, led to what it is today. So it really came from a need and needing to fill the need and stepping into there. You didn't, it, and it didn't even take at that moment a thought of, can I do this? Does it make sense? You just did it. I was too young to even think about yeah, any you of just, that. Yeah, just, <laughs> let's just do it, right? Sometimes I wish I was still um, not near as much of an overthinker mm-hmm. as what I you know, was back then. Right. So the original thought, so you put this together and how long did it stay a club, a league? How long did it stay in that original state? So, um, really the first 10 years of our existence was strictly adult baseball. Um, our third year in, we added, a second adult team, which was our over 30 team, went from over 30 to over 28, or 28 and over technically. Kevin will probably post some nasty comment that I <laughs> called it over 28 because it's 28 and over. Um, but uh, so it was, it was really, you know, the first 10 years that it was just adult, um, you know, guys playing at that mm-hmm. time. Um, you know, so it really was um, – you know, again, just kind of, you know, as you look back now, you know, and certainly when you're in it at the time, you're not thinking of any of this, but, um, you know, again, with how young I was and, um, you know, the number of people that before we actually started, um, you know, were telling me that it was an idea that would never work, you mm-hmm. know, and none of that Matter phased me. Mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, well, whatever you think is fine, and then we just went on and did what we had to had to do. So you had a bunch of naysayers up front who were going, "What the heck, Dan? What are you doing?" And you're like, "Why not? I'm just going to go do it. It's the right thing to do." Right. So did you stay working during the first ten years um, in the other in your other capacity, or did you did this start to feel like it was taking over a professional side of you? 
Um, yeah, I mean, definitely in the first 10 years, it, it, it was, um, I mean, I spent a lot of time on it, but, um, you know, didn't get, didn't get paid. <laughs> um, and it, it really, you know, it wasn't until our, our 20th year where it actually became a vocation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I was, I was working, um, and then we were running some tournaments on weekends and that sort of stuff. Um, but, uh. Yeah, you know, I was probably actually spending quite a bit of money on the organization. <laughs> you know? Were you learning anything? Um, I mean, as a 20-year-old starting something like this that grew into such a viable organization, at the time, and you look back at the, at the distance traveled from the 20-year-old until now, in that first 10 years or so, do you think that there was a lot of skill building, a lot of leadership building, a lot of business uh, skills that were starting to be honed? as you were doing this without you even really realizing it was happening? Right, and that, that's the key point, absolutely, without me even realizing it was happening, um, which, again, is kind of one of the, um, you know, things we talk about, just, you know, the games in and of themselves, how much they teach leadership skills and life lessons. So, um, you know, it was already doing that for me, um, you know, both on the field as we played and off the field as we were, you know, organizing um you know and again i mean we you know when we first organized we were uh you know we were, we were a 501c4 um not a 501c3 like we are today so you know again even as a as a 20 year old kid to kind of navigate that whole you mm-hmm. know getting an ein and um you know that sort of stuff and, and again i mean i luckily i worked for a you know a boss at the time russ herbine who was um you know a mentor of mine and and really um you know, helped with a lot of that stuff, um, you know, to kind of guide me through, you know, the labyrinth of paperwork and everything else. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely teaching me um, business skills without even realizing that it was teaching me business skills. Mm-hmm. And then so. did, did those skills transfer over into life skills? Yeah. So they were very transferable. Absolutely. So you really cut your teeth in your 20s into your early 30s as to becoming uh, an aspiring business leader, community leader, um, and like you said, you know, taking this baseball game and, you know, growing up in it. And it was really on the job training, wasn't it? Yeah. So I know we have to wrap up this first part and I'm really looking forward to doing the others with you. But if you look at, okay, you're looking at a 30 year milestone, which is amazing and needs to be celebrated but if you look back at dan you know 30 years ago or or there's a a 20 year old that's listening to your story right now who's going okay but i have a dream i i just want to get something done what would you encourage them to do to do it really yeah i mean especially it's probably even better at that age because you know again like i was you know say ignorance is bliss Mm -hmm. you know i had no idea and, you know, no matter what anyone told me as far as why this shouldn't be done or, you know, why it was breaking the status quo or whatever, it didn't even phase me. And I just kept going. So, um, yeah, I definitely encourage any, you know, young person out there that if you're, you know, if you want to do something, do it, um, even if it's not, um, you know, necessarily going to lead to a vocation, you know, if it's a if it's a hobby like this was to start, um, you never know what it might might lead to. So I'd, I would absolutely, um, 
you know, encourage them to just do it. Was it a, a hobby or was it a passion and you just didn't know it? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, yeah. I mean, it was definitely a passion. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. I mean, really from day one, it was a passion. So there's a, there's a takeaway as well that a lot of people go, oh, you need to follow your passion. You need to pursue your passion. And people are like, I don't even know what my passion is. Maybe you have a hobby. Maybe there's something that you absolutely love to do and you call it a hobby. But you can grow that. And, and yep. that also could be your passion, which is amazing. Yeah. So awesome. Way to go. And congratulations on your 30 years. All right. We'll uh, talk more about it next week. Okay, great.